Hey everybody, you're listening to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we sit down with model Marquita Pring. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Hello, 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 and welcome to Big Things with Zach Miko, everybody. As always, I'm your host, Zach Miko. Thank you for being with us on this lovely June day. I always assume the next day is lovely because I'm recording this the day before. We're going to have a great show for you. We have model Marquita Pring coming with us, one of the top-ranked, most incredible models in the world today. She's a badass extraordinaire, and we cannot wait to hear from her. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I'm not going to lie, guys. It was it was a pretty rough week. So what happens is we lost a hero this week, my good friend Maria Nolan. So my best friend in the world, Jason Nolan, his mother, Maria Nolan, has been battling cancer for over 20 years. And she kicked its butt more times than we can finally count. And... She's an amazing, incredible woman, but sadly, we did lose her this past week, um, and she's going to be missed greatly. If you knew her, you loved her, she loved you too, and I've never met a stronger woman in my life. She was made of steel, she fought tooth and nail for her children and her family, and she's going to be missed so greatly. So, we love you, Maria, and we're going to miss you. Uh, please, everyone, send your thoughts and prayers to my good friend Jason Nolan and his brothers, Matthew, Christopher, Patrick, and Maria's husband, Terry. They need a lot of support in this time, so thank you guys so much. Not only that, it's been a hard week in in, in a professional world, too, of losing some idols. Uh, Kate Spade sadly took her own life this week. She was a visionary. She changed the way we see retail and the way we see affordable fashion essentially and she will be greatly missed and one of my all-time heroes and idols Anthony Bourdain took his own life Anthony Bourdain was one of my biggest influences professionally and personally he was a master storyteller he was a champion for the working class he revolutionized the way we see food and adventure and travel and he was an undying advocate for women's rights for immigrants rights mental health issues substance abuse support and awareness uh, he he did more for people who worked behind a bar or a stove or an apron or a broom or a hammer than anyone out there and uh, we lost a titan and we're gonna miss him so rest in peace tony and if anyone out there is having any struggles or issues please 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 call a lifeline if you need any help whatsoever the national suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. Please, if you need any sort of help, please reach out. Um, But then, yesterday was my birthday. And I was reminded how many amazing people I have in my life who love me, who support me, and are there for me, and make me very, 
very happy. So thank you all who wished me a happy birthday this week. Uh, you, you really lifted me out of a really dark place. So thank you so much. I don't think anything will lift me out of a darker place than talking to Marquita Prang. Guys, she is a powerhouse. Marquita is one of the most intelligent and incredible models. She's absolutely beautiful. She breaks boundaries every day. She's she's one of the greatest models of our time. And it was so awesome to get to sit down and talk to her about everything in the world imaginable. Uh, not just about modeling, but, you know, robot sex. And what's more fun about the, than that? Oh, jeez. Well, without further ado, and you can hear the robot sex later, but don't worry. <laughs> without further ado, everybody, I present to you my interview with the one and only incredible Marquita Brain. Ladies and gentlemen, I am here with the one and only Marquita Pring. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing good. This is fine. Have, have you ever done a podcast before? This is officially my first ever podcast. That's Woo-hoo. what I was hoping. Yeah. Like, <laughs> pre-offer, <laughs> but I'm, ex- I'm excited about that. That's Me too. awesome. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, Marquita is a model along with IMG models like myself, and she's everywhere. Laura and I actually have a game where we go around the city and just spot you. Yeah. So <laughs> that is awesome. Like she'll just send me a text midday and be like, "This is Marquita, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, hey. there she is." I want to be like added to that chat. I know. Because I never get to see this stuff. It drives me crazy. I never like, see. So yeah, I never see anything that I've shot. Right? Yeah. Ever. And there, there, there are some jobs where I was like, "Did I even do that?" Because I've never seen it. I know. I have exactly no idea. What you mean. Sometimes I'll just like email our agents and be like, "Excuse me, do you mind just following up on this?" Because I want to see it. I was I proud know. of that stuff, and I, I want to know. know. Like yeah. you'll see the daily shots, and you'll be like, "Oh, this looks great," yep. and then you never see it again. Crazy. I would say, I haven't seen at least more than fifty percent of the work I've done. I've never seen. I feel you. <laughs> Man, I guess I've never thought about that. But yeah, there's a lot. The lost, the lost. Well, you've also been doing it for so long. So you started at 15 years old. I did. Yes. Which is crazy when I really think about it. I mean, I'll be 28 in July, which is next month. I know. Um, But yeah, I guess it's like 13, almost 14 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a long time to be doing modeling. Yeah. I've only been doing it for like three years. So for me. I'm still always looking for the shots because like it's still it's I still it still has that like new glow to it where I'm like when's this coming out can I see it but I feel like after like 14 that never years, gets old though oh it doesn't Trust me, yeah. never gets old yeah you always you always want to know yeah. yeah I just want to know if it came out good yeah exactly <laughs> I'm like this guy because I when I don't see it I always feel like I'm like oh it was bad they right. just didn't use it. And like. then some photographers are weird with like they don't want you to see either. That drives me yeah. crazy. Like one one tip I always give new models is like if if you get the chance or ask, honestly, just mm-hmm. ask to be able to see what you're working on. Like in that moment, you just took, you know, 30 freaking shots. 
go look at them get an yeah. idea of like what you're doing and seeing how you're moving and your hands and your I, smiles I always and, like request the monitor to be visible to me yeah. while I'm shooting and yeah some people they're like oh you're gonna get distracted like, we I'm don't want you to look come on I'm like this is what I do <laughs> yeah if I can see that monitor it means I'm gonna make real-time adjustments you don't have to say i'll see something happen i'll go nope and i'm not staring at the monitor it's a quick glance and then i go back you know exactly so. i think they have like one or two bad experiences where people get hooked on the monitor and then it they shut it down for it's, all of us i mean it could be a lot of because i feel like with modeling there's always going to be new blood that people who haven't always. done it before and i'm sure that's something that happens with new people is they probably get a little fixated on the monitor so i get it right yeah but once you've been doing it long enough, just be like, just let me see it. Because then I can tell you, because I can see it um, in the documentary Straight Curve. I found out that the brain processes images 60,000 times faster than words. Whoa. So that, I mean, I, I'm a visual person. So that yeah. makes a lot of sense for me. Oh, me yeah. too. I'm, I'm completely visual. So if I see that, I'll instantly know what I need to do to fix it. Yep. You don't have to explain it. You don't have to do anything. Just be like straight to it. Yep. So since you, so when you were 15 years old, how did how did modeling start for you? You were living, you're in the Albany area or Albany itself? Albany area, I guess a little further past Albany. I was born in Albany and then raised in a small town, Clinton, New York, which okay. is like, I guess two hours past Albany, more central, like smack So like Adirondacks? Pretty much. That's awesome. Right? I used to, as a kid, like my, I would go to summer camp. <laughs> I know. Right? I miss in, it. In the Adirondacks. I miss it too, honestly. Yeah. I'm like. And then, they, have you seen they have like a new adult summer camp that yes. you can sign up to? For me, that's not as fun. I feel you. Because I feel like it's just it's about not the same. getting wasted and hooking up and there's a lake. Oh, funny. And like, yeah. to me, I'm like, there was a time in my life that was fun. But I'm out I'm of that I'm an old now. man now. Yeah. So I'm just so like. I'll just go on a camping adventure. Like, exactly. Yeah. I know. I feel you. I thought about that, actually. Like, if I had, like, a, a dope crew of my friends and we all went up to this camp, I'm like. I don't know if I'd want to be with the other people. Like, it's you know, it's, camping it's, <laughs> is so personal. Yeah. Uh, Laura and I are it's big very campers. intimate. You're right. Yeah. yeah. We're very big campers. And we found, we took the plunge with another couple friend of ours uh -oh. and who had never been camping before. And I was like, all right, I'll take you. Turns out they love it. Okay. And we're very compatible. But even okay. then they'll oh, be God, like, oh, we should invite <laughs> other people. And I'm like, no, because like it's. Yeah. It, it's a thing. It's and you very really need, personal. Like all hands on deck, and people yeah. to just be chill and go with the flow. And it's a combination. Not too many egos, and you know, it, yeah. It's a combination of doing a lot of work and doing nothing at all. Yes. Yes. So like. <laughs> Which can be hard for a lot of people. Yeah. I know. Like a lot of times, like, what can I do to help? I'm like, nothing. Nothing. Sit down. Yeah. I'm chill. Like, Wait, should I help you build the fire? There's, there's, there can't be five of us around this fire. No, one person build it. Everything's cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's awesome. Adirondacks are gorgeous. Yeah. So how did you end up getting into it? How did you get discovered? It's funny. I I guess I kind of pursued it, honestly. Okay, you're the first person to say that. Crazy, right? I yeah. know, I know. I, okay, so 
yeah, I was 15. I'd been hearing for a couple years, you know, I'd started maturing around 13, like mm-hmm. growing into my womanly figure. Um, and I kept hearing from people like, oh, you should be a model. You've got such a beautiful face. And everyone's always complimenting my face, but never anything else about me. And that always made me think, like, why do you mm-hmm. have to specify <coughs> face? Like, I would never just go up to a woman and only say that her face is beautiful. I think, like, you're a beautiful woman and that's yeah. it, you know? Um, but, yeah, everyone kept telling me my face. So I got sort of fixated. I'm like, okay, I can do this from the neck up i uh, guess yeah. you know so maybe i can do sunglasses modeling or beauty modeling and so my mom and i had been kind of open to it nothing you know nothing's really happening in upstate new york so yeah we didn't have many opportunities and then one day we had heard on the radio one of those advertisements for a scouting competition like do you want to be a model or an actor come on down to the radisson hotel and we'll hook it up i'm like <laughs> Yes, this is what we're going to do. And so we went to the Radisson Hotel uh-huh. and there's like a panel of judges and it's a room full of hopeful people. And uh, you walk the little runway and they give you a card to let you know if you can come back for the next round, which the next event happened to be in Toronto, which was closest to me. Like, it's funny, I was closer to Canada than I was in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to Toronto like a month or two later. Um, I remember I was working out like crazy. I'd, I'd always been very athletic, like yeah. playing basketball and swim team and figure skating. Um, but yeah, I was trying to like lose weight thinking like you had to be skinny to be a model. And like, mm-hmm. that's my only option. So I, I was never unhealthy. It was always just like work out like crazy, do a ton of sit-ups and eat well. Yeah. Yeah. And I got there and I walked the runway and had my first experience. Um, and it was a room filled with hundreds of people. It was kind of crazy. And you had this like racetrack, like runner's number on so they could identify you, <laughs> okay. right? It was creepy, like oh, really creepy. Man. But it was, was my everyone like, like opportunity. Years old? I would say f- it probably ranged from like 10 to, I don't know, maybe even early 20s. Okay. Yeah, it was a still very a creepy level. wide yeah. spectrum. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it's it's a very bizarre experience. Um, but there happened to be several reputable agencies there. Like, um, well, I won't give names, but several rep- reputable agencies. Yes. Um, and two of them, one that I'd never heard of that was out of Canada, and then another one that was out of New York that my mom and I had both heard of. Mm-hmm. And they happened to give me a call back. And when I met with them, they said that they loved me at my size and my look and I never had to lose weight, that I was good the way I was and that I'd be able to have a really great career as a curvy plus size model. And that was the first time I'd ever even fathomed or heard of that. But of course I was open to it and excited. So then they say, come on down to New York and we'll set you up at the test shoot and you can meet everyone at the agency and we'll see how it goes. I'm like, okay. So my mom and I go and we do my test shoot and I felt pretty natural, you know, just sort of open to the experience and had fun with it. And the pictures looked great. And uh, yeah, we they were sent off to the agency immediately. And then they offered me a contract. And that's how I started. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so funny because normally you don't hear that. Like with models, it's always someone snatched you out of yeah. nowhere. Which is always like, I always feel bad. I'm glad you, ha- I'm glad you told that story. <laughs> I'm glad that, that people know pursuing it like it actively work. does work yes because i know with everyone else was just like did you ever want to be a model no, no. just someone was said at the hey, mall. yeah you're... i know it's crazy crazy, crazy. like that because that was similar for me is i was just 
thrown into a casting one day, but I, but because I was an actor and I thought it was just like a com- regular commercial gig, and then they told me it was a print gig, and I'd done print before, but not for clothing, yeah. not for actual fashion. I'd only done like ESPN and like beer yes. and like so, <laughs> so it's that's awesome. That's yeah. cool though. So were you? So you're 15. Now you have a major contract, and you're. Are you still living in the Adirondacks, or do you come still upstate yeah. and uh, still in school and still doing my sports? And yeah. we would drive five hours. Like we were doing this almost once a week. How does that work with um, underage models? Like how does that work when you're still in high school and still trying to graduate and stuff? It was pretty complicated. Um, and it's funny because I don't. Maybe we made it more complicated than it had to be because yeah. nobody really seemed to care. But we had my mom had done her research, and you, I, you needed to have a permission slip signed by your school and by the people you were working for, just documenting that you were missing for these reasons. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and you were not allowed to miss. You were only allowed to miss up to a certain amount. Once I did exceed that amount, my school principal had an issue with it so he mentioned it um and i knew that like it was just becoming ridiculous having to do that commute and Mm -hmm. clearly this is going well for me so like let's really consider the options mom and so my mom and i sat down and talked it out and i had asked her if we could move to new york basically so we could i could continue pursuing this career and she said yes like didn't even bat an eyelash like no problem like she's incredible yeah she's incredible yeah so my junior year of high school she moved to brooklyn she okay. said bay brooklyn way the fuck out way, there way, way into brooklyn out there yes yes but oh. i mean it was space like we no, had I know. two bedrooms and bathrooms. that's awesome like, yeah oh it's funny but damn <laughs> someone who also moved to new york from another place when you're like picking your first neighborhood you don't really know right. where it is in relationship to other things yeah and out there like it does seem and it is really appealing you know yeah. not for like a high school girl that's trying to like make it in new york city but for a family like i totally, totally get it and yeah. it, it was beautiful out there and actually in retrospect i'm really happy that i had i guess like six seven years out there it was great yeah it was amazing um but now I'm here in the city, and I probably will not be going back to Brooklyn you because are that commute was a little traumatic. City, city. <laughs> I know. Like I live in Queens, and like you, I was I'm thinking like about it. Full here. beauty's around the corner. It's Do you just like walk? Skip. <laughs> I literally skip to work when I'm with them. I'm like, yes, guys, oh, I love so it. Funny. And then Dune Studios is right down here too now. It, yeah, like, Dune. Exactly. It's so crazy. You, is that new? It's pretty new. It's okay. within like the past. I want to say three years because they used to be up on Varick Street and then yeah. he got rid of that and moved down here. Because I went from never coming downtown to now always. I'm always downtown. Yes. What train are you off? I'm off of the NW, okay. which right. is a pain That's, in the butt. Yeah. Today, off the, today I walked the three quarters of a mile to the R. Or was it a mile? I don't know. I had to, because there's it's Sunday in New York City and it's our trains worst. are falling apart. So. Everyone. And it doesn't, like, why isn't it getting better yet? It's like I every weekend, trains Vote. are fucked. That's it. <laughs> Vote Cynthia Nixon. She's the only one who wants to yes! fix anything. <laughs> oh, God. Take issue with whatever you want. I know. It's I, know. Thing, I know. I know, but I mean, she's Get a, it done, girl. Yep. I, I will. I will. <clears throat> running the country is one thing. My New York things i'm like fix my subway i'll vote for you i don't care what your other policies are that is the utmost priority fix my subway (laughs) don't kick immigrants out of my community right end of list of things i need you to do i feel you 
don't know. Come up with better parade routes, so I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and like, let's not shut down the entire city for it. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so you're living in Sheepshead Bay, working a bunch. Working a bunch. High school out there. So my mom came down here junior year. My grandmother moved in with me upstate mm-hmm. as, like, you know, so I had a parent, basically, because yeah, yeah. I was 16. Um, so it's me and grandma upstate, mom in Brooklyn. And then once I finished my junior year of high school, I came down to Sheepshead Bay uh-huh. to live with my mom and finish high school in Sheepshead Bay. Nice. Yeah. And I was really fortunate to be placed at that high school because you know you you come in and you sort of test in to see where they can put you and yeah they just they put me in my neighborhood which was awesome yeah it was awesome um and it i was a little bitter because i wanted i you know i want murrow or midwood the magnet like the yeah. the, the good public schools but i didn't i got cheap set bay which turned out to be such a blessing because not only were the kids amazing like it was such a different almost a culture shock coming from like white upstate world where oh totally literally i was the one and only person of color for many many years and then in that area i yeah, couldn't believe it more right yeah. it was crazy but i didn't know any different you that's know? what people don't realize about new york new york state is massive it's huge it's bigger than ireland yeah so it's i a, didn't know that oh my god i know there's crazy. a little 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 nugget for you yes. that i have not vetted and i'm not 100 percent sure if it's <laughs> we'll, true we'll fact check that i think still, we'll, dope, <laughs> dope. i think it is i think i heard i think i saw that Anyway, it's huge. New York State is 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 bigger than a lot of European countries. Nice. There, we'll generalize yes. it. Yes. It definitely like is. So, because of that, it's like it changes so much, and everyone's like, "Oh, New York is this cultural mecca," and I'm like, "It is." In New York City, I'll give you Albany itself, Buffalo, Rochester, then the rest of this is very white. It's crazy and very. There's these huge hippie communities but then there are these huge kind of like conservative very ultra totally conservative communities and then like there are amish well not mennonite no you're right amish and mennonite so there it's crazy like how how diverse this state is but everyone's like oh you live there like no if you're living in the middle of the state it is whitey whitey white 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 world it's (laughs) so true so then coming to brooklyn was it was amazing. It was really, you know, like I, like I said, I'd gone to summer camp. I yeah. knew I, I wasn't like a white kid. I knew about diversity, but like being immersed in it was so awesome. Like I made so many cool friends there. Um, also, the school was really chill, which you know, was not good for most. But I had a great education upstate, so coming to Brooklyn, I felt uh, pretty that strong. That kind of chill, yeah, yeah, that kind of chill. Um, yeah. Someone call lax. Yes, Just kind of lax. Like, do extremely you lax. So it's okay. with I was, attendance, that made it really, you know, I was, I was, was uh, I want to say forcefully graduated. Oh, interesting. Because um, I uh, shouldn't have been. Not because I was dumb, because I, my senior year, I was, did not go to school. And I didn't did have care. a modeling contract like you oh, did. Funny. I just had a car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At a 1998 <laughs> Hyundai Elantra that could take yes. me off school property. Yeah. So the worst part was I skipped. I skipped a lot. And I want to say like two months into um, school, my parents got a call of my senior year. And they threatened to pull me out of the school play. But two I was months the, into school? Yeah. Damn. Two months into school. Two or three. Like say two and a half months into school, they threatened to pull me out of the 
the fall play, uh, which I was the lead of, so I obviously didn't want to because they're like, Zach, we just got a phone call. You've it is only October and you've already missed 17 days of school. What do you have to say for yourself? And my response was, Wow, I've missed way more than that. Oh that's my just God. amazing. And that's not the response my <laughs> folks were looking for. I was in a very much trouble. That's yeah. when I found out I was not old enough. I was not too old to be grounded. No. I was put in my place. But um it was great. The worst part was I wouldn't skip whole days of school. Okay. I would. So I went cool. to a tech school in the first half of the day. I went to a place called Bridgeport Aquaculture mm. because before I got into acting, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Whoa. So for the first. So did I. Really? Um, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> God, Blackfish broke my heart. I thought they were very happy. But yeah. anyway. <laughs> um, um, no, I wanted to be a marine biologist. So I went to this for the first three periods first three or four periods of of the school day um i was at this other school in bridgeport where i would farm fish and do marine engineering and rebuild boat motors and like and and like learn how to do to draft machine pieces from aquacad and marine biology and go on a research vessel and do otter trawls so i didn't miss a day of that i was gonna say i was there every single day uh, however, then I had to, after the half of the day, go back to my regular high school and do my gen eds. And that I didn't do. I just I would go to aquaculture and then not show up. But then I wouldn't show up back to school. And then I would show up for seventh period, come in the side entrance that I n- knew was never locked to go to my theater class. And that was it. Wow. So you did what you want. Yeah, it didn't work out well. And it was <laughs> one of those things where they... I was like graduated. I shouldn't have based on how many days of school I missed, but I could tell that my vice principal did not want to deal with me for another year. He was very much like, nope, you're graduating. You're getting out of here. I know. I don't don't recommend that to anybody. If there are any high schoolers, listen, go to class. Uh, (laughs) You're not always. uh, Or go to aqua school permanently. I I know. If I could (laughs) have, I would have. But then again, if I did that, I wouldn't have gotten into the drama club at my school and I wouldn't have pursued acting exactly. and moved to the city. You never know what things lead to another. So true. I feel everything happens for a reason. I know. So. Did you do um, performing arts or anything while you were in high school? I did. I guess that was more elementary middle school for mm-hmm. me. Singing was always a huge part of growing up. Yeah. And then I got into musicals probably around... I guess like 10 or 11 and I did that until what was your favorite one uh definitely Oliver Twist I was Nancy and all right yeah that was awesome and I loved the outfit I loved the performance it was great (sighs) that school of rock Schoolhouse Rock? School, Schoolhouse school Rock. rock. Yeah. I was going to say, School, school of Rock, rock is just a movie. Yeah. No, it's school. a musical now. It's on Broadway. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my God. That blows my mind. But it was like, a movie. They we're turned turning into movies it. into musicals. Yes. That's what we do now. That's what we do now. I know. Mean Girls. Crazy. Mean Girls was really good for the record. I saw it. Did you it. see it? Okay, I yeah. haven't seen it yet. I but. saw it. Uh, uh, Laura waited in the lottery line with her friends. Oh, yes, and we good. got a ticket. And I was like, okay, I'll go. Yeah. And... Um, I'm I'm buddies with Daniel Franzesi who played the original Damien, so I was like, that's the only reason I know the movie, and that all my high school friends he were obsessed amazing. with it. Yeah. He is amazing. So I was like, oh, let me go see it. It's really good. Okay, all right. It's real. It, I was I enjoyed it thoroughly. I'll check it out then. I know yeah. it's better than you'd think. Yo. So, some movies can be translated into musicals. 
others not so much i feel you who knows what'll be next too yeah it'll be something horrific yeah like they just turned a bronx tale into a musical like a hardcore mob movie wow. is now a musical i haven't seen it don't know if it's good maybe it's great but i was like really wow. that's what we're doing so i mean times are changing you gotta yeah. go with it flow with it i yeah. know well, that's what sells tickets, sadly. Exactly. Is people want to like see a musical version of the movie. People's creative minds aren't good enough anymore. They were. <laughs> we went from... I was talking about this with a friend. We went from Broadway two years ago being so out of this world with these original ideas and Hamilton these original things. Yeah. yeah. Hamilton, Dear Evan Hansen, Funhouse, like all these amazing innovative musicals are coming out and then they're like and they all won tonys and they were all smash hits and everyone's like oh good broadway's having like another renaissance and then the next year we came out with spongebob and the jimmy buffett musical and like and it's just like we just didn't learn from what happened we went right back to like jukebox taurus movie so i wonder if it's just not good enough like well it's they tourists are what makes broadway run you're right and essentially that's how they make their money yep. so like as a Give new yorker i don't want. go to nearly as many plays as i should because really? they're expensive they're too expensive for me to go regularly but they're not too expensive for sharon from kansas to come once right. <laughs> it's so true and there's a lot of sharons so there's let a us lot cater of sharons. to the sharons a lot of sharon susans and karens Damn, out there you're right so. <laughs> God, is was that woman's name really Susan? The one in that um you've seen the video of the woman who calling the cops on the guys grilling oh in the park. Oh my god. I don't know what her name was, but that was absurd. Everyone keeps referring to her as Susan. Susan. I'm like, that's the perfect name. I and hope that's her name. The way the internet annihilated her afterwards. Like, Good. Oh my god, yeah. Where is she now? I want to follow up on that one. There's a whole thing where people are like, oh, PC culture is getting crazy. I'm like, it's not getting crazy. People are being held responsible for their actions exactly. now. And you're mad because you used to do a lot of shitty things. Yep. And now people are calling you out yeah. on saying and doing shitty things. And everyone's like, oh, wow. Everyone's just PC. That's why I can't say this racist stuff. And you're like, no. no. We're you're holding just, you accountable now. Yeah, you just shouldn't have said it in the first <laughs> yeah. place. Ugh. I can't stand those types. Yeah. I know. Did you ever have anything? So, so being a person of color in the modeling industry, was it ever? Did, did you ever feel like that was an issue that would come up in like castings and whatnot? You know, it's funny. I never ever even allowed my mind to go there. You know, Good. it's like I would yeah. just show up and be myself and assume that if I was the right one for them. And I mean, that's always been my mentality in pretty much everything I do, but. With work, that's always how I felt. And I never yeah. like to imagine what these clients are thinking or, you know. So, no, for the majority of my career, I can honestly say I had never had any issues except one experience, which there it is. was, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's got to be one. Yeah, Ugh. yeah. One, and then I guess maybe there's another one that I will never really know for sure what it was. So I just don't even like to entertain it, you know. But the one I was working for Italians, which they do have a bit of a reputation in the industry to be a bit racist at times. Okay. Um, and I, again, I'd worked with many Italians and never had any issues. I mean, you've done spreads in Italian Vogue. Yes. And you've done, yeah. Exactly. Like 
you're doing just fine in the Italian market. Exactly. <laughs> and like when I work with Ita- like it's always great. I'm half Italian. My grandmother's side is Italian. Right? Yeah. But this one client, um, it was very clear that they it, it was a group thing. So there was a bunch of us and it was three white girls and two brown girls. OK. And they had the two brown girls, me and the other girl come first. I didn't think anything of it. Just showing up for my job. Um, it's fine. We're in hair and makeup, still fine. And then the other girls all come and we immediately get pushed out like mid hair and makeup, which is strange. Usually like that doesn't finishing? happen. Yeah. yeah. Which, and it doesn't make sense. Cause it's like, okay, you could get us started and then we could go on and do the group shots and then you finish with them, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, they didn't finish us. And then they started working on all the other girls and me and the other brown girl are like what's what is going on this is weird and we just felt tension and then we saw that the client and styles everyone's cooing over the white girls and we're literally like just left alone it's like you know just in the corner basically and we're like wow okay all right i don't want to let my mind go there to what i think is happening but i think this is happening yeah and, and then, yeah basically when we started shooting it just turned into like us being the accessories and then we were very quickly dismissed so it's pretty much pointless that we were even there to begin with you were like the token just exactly so they could, oh i know that feeling yeah right yeah for me it's i mean it's way different preface it it's way way different it is yes coming from a size standpoint than a racial standpoint but there have been a lot of times i'm part of like a group thing and i'm the token big guy yeah and it's kind of like they'll do a but like it'll be group shots too they'll be like group 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 all right zach run in there for like five frames and like like, just pretend i'm part of the group now come back out zach and i'm like oh okay." okay i'm like this is for their one you know, person who may want to use the big and tall. Yep. <laughs> like, we, we did uh, it. We covered it. Okay, now, yeah. I know. That's terrible, though. Yeah, it was really, sh- it, it was really shitty, actually. And, like, I did not handle it well. I was really surprised by the way I handled it because it was just so shocking to me for, like, I'd, I mean, what, I'd probably been modeling for at least eight years at that point, and I'd yeah. gone that long. No, you're long. a seasoned professional. Yeah, yeah, I'd gone that long without having any sort of you know, maybe there were little things here and there that I just chose not to focus on. But being in the midst of that was, yeah, it was really fucked up. Uh, and then having everyone else around know what was happening was too. It, and there wasn't anyone on the crew that was like, this sucks, I'm sorry. Nope. Like, not uh. even the photographer, which she wasn't Italian and she definitely knew what was going on. But I had my own drama with that one. So, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Jeez. Well, that sucks. I'm glad that that's a very rare occurrence. Yeah. And I'm very fortunate that it has been a rare rare occurrence for me because I know other girls have multiple horror stories. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, no, and that's the thing. I've heard so many horror stories from like the women of color I know in the industry and and the men of color I know in the industry. They've been, they're just clients that they know they'll never have Absolutely. for just the reason of you know the color just of their race. skin they're just yeah. like i'm not gonna work for these guys ever which like, is so crazy when you really think about it i know but it's because so and there's still i think a part of the fashion industry in general that is so antiquated still and it's gotten way better yes. like i always yes. say that i'm like it's yes. it's so much better than it used to if it sounds like i'm complaining i'm so not you're right yeah i'm still just amazed that there is still such a prevalence towards stick thin white people to be in every ad doing everything. It blows my mind that it still will not 
break. Like, but it's also like what happens is I've heard someone say something and they were like, well, you know, it's it speaks to the clients that buy this. I'm like, all right. So now not only are you being racist in that way, you're also saying that you're not going to advertise to people of color because they can't afford your clothing, which is another level of yeah, fucked up ism. And it just piles up. I it's, know. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to get any of these industries, same in entertainment, any of these industries who have just been around for so long following the exact same model, um, both figuratively and literally, uh, it, it's hard to get them to break that mold. Right. And it's like the smaller companies are willing to do it. And like, and then what happens is they see massive growth because yep. of it. I mean, I look at Lane Bryant when I was in high school versus now, and it's nuts. It used to be like a store that, you know, my mom didn't want to say she was shopping. Exactly. To and like, now it's like the place to be. They are so fashion forward yeah. and so awesome. And there's so many other amazing brands coming out because they just threw the mold away. Yes. And it's funny, like even now, I don't know if you've been noticing this, but I have um, a lot of like the mainstream stores that were never cater catering to a larger market are finally mm -hmm. expanding their sizes. I know. And it's really happening. Like I started working with one company and I've been very hands-on with them throughout this whole thing. And they've been so blown away at the fact that their stuff is selling out. I'm like, I mean, I know. Duh. Like, oh, it, I know. It, it, I can't. Understand. And I always tell them like, this. How did you not know that this would happen? Like, I know. And they always say the same. They always come at me like surprised. Like, you know, we've put a couple, like for me, is like, oh, we started, we put up a couple like double XLs and we sold out immediately. I said, I know. Yeah. You should go to four XL. Like, <laughs> and put more out. And put more out. Because like, you know what? If you go up to four X, you're going to sell those out too. Because yep. people are, there's nothing for us to buy. And everyone the like demand is there. And there's provided. something that for a long time, I feel like people of size were like put down on and they're like, well, you know, they're not fashion forward. They buy all their clothes at Walmart because Walmart's the only person choice. who gives their size. Yeah. They don't want to shop at Walmart or wherever else. Not knocking Walmart. If you want to give me a job, Walmart, that's yes, fine. Holla, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take some of that Walmart money real quick. Yeah. But um, no, but seriously, it's like, you know, they're shopping at these stores because they don't have another choice. I didn't have another choice. I grew up wearing my dad's clothing. Point blank, that's what I did. Yeah. And buying shirts that were too small for me at Hot Topic. Yep. And just thinking I could stretch them out. I work. relate so hard. I remember I, I would, my mom and I, I had the hardest time finding jeans that fit me around mm -hmm. a certain age. Like, it was impossible. Um. And so we went to one store that happened to carry bigger sizes and we bought five pairs of the same exact jeans, same color, same wash, same cut. And I would wear it. That's all I wore. And then eventually kids started making fun of me because I was wearing the same jeans every day. You know, oh, God, it was horrible. How did they even notice? I don't because kids suck at that age. You I know, they're the always same. trying to figure something out to poke fun at. For yeah. me, they, they got, I got I didn't realize I was being made fun of in middle school. You know, didn't like my body. I was a chubby kid. Didn't like the way I looked. Same. So I wore a Harley Davidson hoodie that I bought, that my mom bought me when we went to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes. To like, and we visited the Harley <laughs> Davidson factory. And I remember it was the first time I put on something where I didn't think I looked fat because you couldn't see anything. Cause it was just a, it was a poncho essentially, yeah. but you couldn't see but anything. you were comfortable. And I was comfortable and I felt like you couldn't see my stomach or anything. So I was like, okay, 
I'm going to wear this every day because I don't feel fat in it. Then very quickly, someone like after the end of the first week, they're like, you've worn that sweater all week. You must smell terrible. And I was like, (laughs) it's middle school. We all smell terrible. (laughs) Oh, God, that was a really hard time. Like, yeah, a really hard time. Middle school is rough. Yeah. And kids are so mean then like i can't even imagine what it's like now i think it's like the hormone monster turns on and we all get real angry real quick i think that's exactly it and 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 because we haven't been so that's the thing how come we don't educate people like kids about puberty about not just about not i'm not asking you to give like a five-year-old the sex talk although it won't kill him but like, <laughs> I, like I, I'll end up doing that with my future yeah, children. Just speak to them like they're adults. And yeah. just speak, but it's like, why don't we? We need to talk to kids about things like puberty and their bodies are going to change and all that before it starts happening. Because so we don't start yeah. like like a lot of you know, men don't, boys don't get the uh, the sex talk until the first time they awkwardly bring it up with their mom. Like, hey, there's stuff happening. What's going on? Yep. Like. And whereas if we were taught, like, when you're five years old, like, ah, don't worry. Here's some stuff that's going to happen. And they'd be like, oh, cool, it's happening. Like, because of that, that's why middle school sucks. Because we're all just angry. We're all just going, what's happening to me? You're so right. Funny. I mean, I've got so many issues with our school curriculum. Like, it just all needs to be redone. Oh, yeah. It's archaic and outdated and... It's not helpful. Like, well, hopefully in the next administration, our (laughs) I try. I I try every episode ever to not touch politics. Right, and it is so prevalent, and it's. I feel like now more than ever, it's permeated in every single issue in our society. Someone told me that this, what's we're going through, this like intense tribalism, is hopefully like the death throes of like racism and prejudice oh, and, God, and right. systematic oppression yeah. and it just gets real louder at the end before it goes away and uh i could hope that i know i just want people to not feel like they have to defend a nazi's right to free speech anymore right but I mean, <laughs> do we feel that way? I don't feel like defend. I won't even listen to Kanye right now because I'm know. just like, <laughs> fuck all of this. I, I know. Can't, like, I know. No, that's the thing is, this, <gasps> and there's and and most people that I associate with are still very condemning that stuff. But like, maybe it's just that I'm seeing it online. Is you'll post something like, I can't believe how abhorrent this is. I can't believe this is happening in our society. And there's always like one person on your timeline that'll, t- that'll like respond like, is it really that bad? And you're like, oh my Whoa. God. I know. Oh God. Yeah. I, I check out at this point. Cause to me, it almost just feels like an epic distraction. Like, oh, it is. Like they're just trying to it's keep us all down. I'm like, I'm trying to be my best self out here. And the I second know. I start paying attention to this stuff, it's like, it, for me, it's anytime I consider, like, because, you know, Laura and I are getting to that point in our relationship where we're talking about children. We're not, you yeah. know, we're not, we don't have any yet, but, you know, we're talking about it and raising kids and where we would want to raise them. And I'm so dead set on raising them in Queens, New York, yes. because it is the most, most ethnically diverse place in the world right. like it's statistically yeah. proven there are more ethnicities and cultures in queens Facts. new york than yes. everywhere else so i just want them to be raised in that so they just see that from born till ever they see every single culture they hear a million languages they hear and just right away that is beautiful that's really. the hope yeah 
And just because I wish you luck with that, and I really hope that it happens. Cause raise some hard yeah. ass kids. Yes, <laughs> and well rounded. I hope so. Yes, I hope so. If not, they're just gonna be real loud. Yeah. I'm gonna take them anywhere. I'm gonna take them to visit my in-laws in Georgia. They're gonna be like, "You need to quiet down." Oh my god. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. So back to modeling. Uh, modeling. I know. Sorry, political Little not likers. Detour. I know it <laughs> happens. Um, so you've been. So when did you go? Explain to me how all the women came to exist. Yes. Wow. So all the women, we started. Um, I God, I guess it's almost five years now. Yeah. Uh, we had all been represented by Ford models. Mm-hmm. They had a very, um, I guess, a, they were a powerhouse of an agency. They had everything yeah. like oh, lifestyle yeah. plus kids, Definitely. artists. Yeah. And then one day we all woke up to an email saying that we were no longer represented, that our agency was no longer going to represent these specific divisions and good luck with your careers, basically. And mind you, like we were all or not, but most of us were very successful working, established, had jobs booked months in advance. Because you so all that is is you, me, Ashley, Inga. Julie Henderson, Danielle Redman. Yeah. Yeah. So you're all still powerhouse working yes. all the time. Yeah. Yes. But at that point, it's like we knew that we had jobs lined up. Like, you know, I'm supposed to be working in three days. Like, who's managing my schedule and my money? And you guys owe me money and all of this. It was a horrible That's experience. the worst part. Yeah. Because it takes like, depending on your client, you, you can, I've waited six months to a year for a certain client. Yeah. To oh, yeah. And you were like, <laughs> just calling back, like, I know you guys uh, like, fired me, but uh, I'm still owed still get quite paid? amount yeah. of money from you guys. Yeah. And that's your agency that goes after it, too. And when they say, like, oh, we're not with you anymore. Like, yeah, we're not going to fight for it. Ugh. Yeah. But at that point, um, you know, everyone's sort of panicking and trying to figure out where they're going to go. And most models went to the other plus agencies. Um, but the five of us, we decided to come together and just sort of create a support system and that's how we came together it was we it was sort of an every man for themselves thing and we knew that it was in our best interest to come together and have strength in numbers not to mention we all loved and supported each other as it was so it was just this nice little like family home base while we tried to figure out our next moves because we didn't want to just act in panic you know we wanted to really think about this and maybe even change the fashion industry as it stands and really make an impact so we came together, we met with some business advisors even, and just sort of, hmm. who weren't even really in the fashion industry, but just had a different, uh, we definitely come from a more creative yeah. perspective and they are business, so. You're all five of you are very rounded. You're yes. not just models. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so it was a really amazing experience actually to get advice from these people. And we came up with a business plan explaining, you know, how lucrative the plus industry is, how much money there has been made and how much their mon- how much money is to be made, um, how much money we were worth individually. You know, yeah. like obviously the numbers are important here. Yeah. No, you got to just be upfront. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so it was this whole we had like a book basically with our portfolios and our bios and our statistics and numbers and blah, blah, blah. Um, and the growth within the industry. And so we brought that around to pretty much every agency that did not represent curvy plus size models. Mm -hmm. Um, And some people were not at all interested in meeting with us. Some people were open. 
and IMG happened to be, you know, the number one agency we had all dreamed of. Of course. But, you know, it's like, it's scary. You it's don't the number know. one agency we Everybody, all dream of. Right? Oh. Yes, exactly. I thought someone was playing a joke on me <laughs> when I was told I had an interview with IMG. I was like, uh-huh, right. that's cute. Very mm-hmm. funny. Nope. Life-changing. Dope. Yes. Um, and same thing with me. I had the same reaction. I was like, oh my God, this is happening. And next thing I know, I'm on the rooftop and we're all meeting with Ivan and Mina and crew. And it's just like, oh my God, okay, this is happening. And they were so impressed with us yeah. and everything that we had come to them with because it really was a very smart professional move on our part to do it just so well packaged. Um, now, when you were going after these agencies, were you like, it's all or none. Like these are the five of us and you're going to take us or we're going to go elsewhere. Yeah. And honestly, that wasn't even an issue. Like nobody, it wasn't, they wanted us all and it, nobody even asked twice. Like it was just, they, again, the numbers were there. They knew what they were getting basically. So why not take us all? It's only, did you ever get an answer as to why Ford like, Dude, no, that that question for me, oh my God. Especially now, you know, years later that all five of you have blown the fuck up. It's kind of like, what were you guys thinking? It makes And not just that, just that the the plus and curve industry in general has blown the fuck up. It will only get bigger. They're opening new plus stores every day and closing straight size stores every day. And the straight size stores are now extending to plus size. Like, hello. I know. It's hilarious. So I, I would love to one day know the answer. So current owner of Ford Models, if you're listening, let a girl know. Cause yeah, yeah I just I just want to know. Just curiosity, <laughs> just, just being nice, just being like, hey, why did just that why? happen? Yeah, I don't, definitely not interested in going back, but just, just so curious. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, I, it clearly was not about money because again, they cut so no. many boards. Apparently they wanted to go and become a more boutique agency, which, I don't get it. Which is silly because Ford was one of the top agencies yeah. in the world. Yeah. Why would you want to pare down? There, there's some secret stuff going Definitely. on. There. They must have been hemorrhaging money in other places, and they just panic. Which often happens. Which too. does happen because yeah. you don't know, you know, where it goes. I mean, again, you and I are lucky enough to work with IMG, who the longer time goes on, I find out they own half the world. It's crazy. I know. Oh my god! I remember. <laughs> asking well the first time the ufc was um came to new york when they made it like legal to watch fighting in new york i remember like writing to josh and being just like hey i never ask for like ticket hookups but i know you guys you know have ticket hookups to thing i was like is there any way that you know we can get that that you know they get they give out like comp tickets to like ufc fights and then he responded he goes well IMG did just buy the UFC <laughs> earlier this year. So let me see what I can do. And I was like, what do Great. you mean? We just bought the so UFC. They're like, definitely box seats. So. I was like, I know. Sadly, I found out I was uh, too low on the totem pole for the ticket. For that one, it was because it was the first fight in New York. It was the first time boxing or UFC. No, that's a huge that deal. It, that, that it had been, not boxing or UFC, but UFC. It was the first time that like, MMA fighting was legal in New York State, so it was like the first time Damn. they were like, "No, no, no! Everyone's going to this." Yeah. And I was like, "Ah!" But we'll consider it. you for the next one. Exactly. Yes. I am 
I'm always the guy that wants to go to the free stuff. I'm, I'm always like, whenever they want me to go to a party, I'm always like, oh, I don't really want to go. And they're like, oh, we have tickets to uh, see the new solo Star Wars movie. I was like, yeah, yep. that I'm going yep. to. <laughs> is that where you got the shirt? This is what I bought the shirt oh for. I'm wearing God. a Chewbacca shirt, everybody. I need and this shirt. Because he's my favorite. I think it's, it's so good. I've been going through this thing lately where I... I used to, I always said in interviews, right? I was always like, if I had a big and tall role model growing up, I think my self-confidence would have been a lot oh, different. you're so right. And, because it was. I'm like, if John Goodman was the world's sexiest man on people, I would have been like, <gasps> yes! felt so much better about myself. But so, my new thing is instead of wishing when I was a kid that I had these big and tall role models, is looking back at people I love that actually did a kind of being like, you know what? No, fuck that. John Goodman was a big, sexy role model back then. And I'm like, Chew, out of the Star Wars, Chewbacca's my yes. guy. I'm yes. just like, screw the rest of them. Chewbacca's the yes. best guy there. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like reanalyzing like who actually were heroes to me, kind of like on the DL that I was like ashamed to admit were heroes. That's really awesome. And then so you wear them all simultaneously being a hero for these young kids that didn't have you. That's nice to say. How much you didn't have. That actually transitions perfectly into, um, do you have a lot of like fans reaching out to you? Yes. Like like, what's it? Because again, is as you just said, our generation didn't have much. You guys had Emmy who was amazing and she's still now killing, killing it in it. her fifties and making huge changes, making huge changes. Yeah. And she made huge changes in the nineties also, but she was still like the solo person pushing it forward. There wasn't like a support system that there seems to be now. Right. What, what's it like? Do you have, I would love to hear about like people reaching out to you now that there are kids who get to look up at people like you and Ashley and Inga and Julie and Danielle as role models yeah. to look up to. That is, I mean, that is why I do this job, mm-hmm. honestly, because every single message I get, it like it brings tears because it, it is so just like a beautiful feeling knowing that you're impacting and changing somebody's world that a young girl that has never she looks around all of her friends and she doesn't relate because for the most part around that age, girls are quite small and tiny and she's the one that sticks out and she finally has a role model that she can look up to and see herself growing into. It's like, for me, I remember I never had that. And that was, it was, it was an issue. It was a serious Mm -hmm. problem, honestly. Um, yeah, even shopping with my friends and like not being able to fit into any of the clothes. I couldn't go into any of the stores. My friends wanted to go. Like we went to the mall. Yeah, they're like we can go into Abercrombie and Hollister. I'm like, that's cool. Like, I'll hold your coat. I'm gonna for go you. to Spencer's <laughs> Gifts and look at <laughs> sex toys because yeah. I'm 13. Like. Yeah, it's funny, and I'll never forget when I actually had my first moment of realizing like there's a a body. I, I guess a body role model, somebody that yeah. I could look at and see myself in, and. I'll ne- I put. I, I was flipping through a magazine mm-hmm. and I see this amazing picture of. I didn't know who she was then. I know now, but then um, she's in this sexy pose. It's not like overly sexual. She's wearing a long floor length dress and she's got it. She's pulled it up so she's showing her big juicy thighs and she's got her face like up in the air and making this raunchy face. And it 
blew my mind and I smacked it right on my wall next to like right where I sleep. So like every morning I'd wake up and I'd see that. And it was Crystal Wren. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Back when she was thick, thick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and to me, that was a huge, huge moment. Um, so to know that and like when I get messages from young girls saying that they've put me on their mood board or that I'm up on their wall, like I get emotional even thinking about it now because like then when I put Crystal on my wall, I never imagined that I yeah. would be on other people's walls like that. So yeah, for me, it is everything to just know that I have that kind of influence. Um, and it, it's especially in these 13 years, I've seen the drastic change. Like with Alda, we would go to a summer camp um, for a couple of days and just get to know the girls so I yeah yeah I, I would so the one time I was with all of you at the same time yeah. we all met at IMG office for some sort of casting yeah and I was very green I was like I had been at IMG for like a month or two but you know we had met and I said hi to you and I remember like Julie and Inga and Danielle were there and <laughs> Julie was just like so who's coming to fat camp yes <laughs> I was like exactly and I just remember. <laughs> Like I was, I was like, I won't go to fat camp, but I was like, but yeah. So what is that yeah. experience? So it, oh my God, it was amazing. The, the camp eventually I, I wasn't fully agreeing with what they were doing, but, mm -hmm. um, just meeting the girls and having a hands-on experience with them and just having fun. It was summer camp with a bunch of young teenage girls and we taught them body positivity exercises and just sort of connecting with themselves and just, again, not comparing yourselves to anybody yeah. and just focusing on yourself and being you and loving you because that's all that matters. So, yeah, we would go and um, we would come up with different activities and then we would participate in their activities and do their like everyday things like swim team and canoeing and I think they had a ropes course like it yeah That's it was awesome. so much fun and then we'd hear from them afterwards about how we just you know changed their lives like one girl was saying she um had a she had a really big gap tooth like the size of my pinky finger and mm -hmm. it was so beautiful like so beautiful it just her yeah. face was so unique yeah um and she was telling us how she was thinking about getting it closed like as soon as she gets home from summer camp because everyone's making fun of her and you know we freak out and drill it into her mind that like, like you no, cannot yeah. do this you know and she kept it and then she sent us all a video like weeks later just saying how grateful she was that we were there to like help her with this because she, she was absolutely going to go close that thing the second she got home and and you were able to talk to her it. out of it mm -hmm. that's awesome that, that's something i just want people to be able to know i'm like it's not you don't have to look like anybody else no. though you looking as unique as you can is what makes you so beautiful and so interesting and so cool like so true and it's crazy that we go so many years doubting and hating ourselves before finally reaching this like epiphany of like oh fuck trying to be like everybody else I like i just want to do me that's it yeah and i hope everyone realizes that sooner rather than later but i know i always have to like check in with myself that i was very lucky to come to yes. like realizations like that and so many people and so many older people there's so still true. i have friends that i still and that i just watch them try so hard and i'm like just be let it you, go man let, let it, it go, go. Yes. it's so freeing it really is suddenly just being like <laughs> oh i just i'm just gonna do my own thing right and like stop feeling ashamed of stuff if you like 
you know, if you look one way, that's great. If you look another way, that's great. If you like video games and you like anime, go do it. it. It's awesome. (laughs) You're 30 years old and playing Pokemon. Great. You love it. I'm probably going to, I just found out they're re-releasing it. And I'm probably going to buy. So I, yeah, they're re-releasing Pokemon on Nintendo Switch. Okay. Not the cards. Okay, I was like, we're the going cards back, are back. Still there, I think. <laughs> no, they really re- they like remastered the original video game. Oh, the original, wow. well, the yellow version. I'm I'm gonna nerd out too hard, Go but for it. <laughs> but um, the yellow version was the same as the blue and the red version in the beginning. But you had Pikachu. That's basically all it is. But they've yeah. remastered it, so now it's gonna be available for Nintendo Switch, and now it's gonna be real hard. I mean, I was one of those kids that when Pokemon Go first came out, I was like, I'm going to the park. I'm yeah. gonna go find out stuff. <laughs> And then everyone's like, this is so stupid and blah, blah. I was like, two minutes ago, you were complaining that young people didn't leave their couch. Now you're complaining there's too many of them wandering your parks? Hilarious. Like, people will never be happy. Never. I that's know. That's another life lesson. And that's another, yeah, big life lesson to anyone, young people listening. Do not live for the generation above you because they're dumb. Yeah. I look at, <laughs> like, like, and and I that's, that goes the same for people who are younger than me. I will probably think something really stupid of you guys when i'm older and it's because i'm dumb and stuck in my ways and that's all it is and i will be that dumb old guy that says something and i'm waiting to find out like what the thing is that i'm not gonna tell (laughs) you well for me that happened really recently and i'm still freaked out by it because i'm only 27 how is this happening already i know but i was on set with a bunch of kids they're all in high school Uh uh-huh um and they're talking about these driverless cars and how they're all about it. Meanwhile, I'm like, "Fuck that! No way! I, I don't. I. I know. I can't get for on me. Board I'm just like, we're this. gonna. Do- I think that's because they weren't raised with enough robot killing movies. Like, you're right. Because I think that same thing. There's so many, and now they're having like. There's like sex robots and like digital personal assistants. Did you see bartenders, models? Did you see the black model they made? I gotta send this to you because it's so creepy. No, she's like, I mean, already like dark skinned models have a hard time in this industry as it is. We're creating a fucking robot to replace these girls. Are you? It's nuts. It's nuts. That is so. And that's the thing is we're gonna. And, and that a lot of the, I know automation is going to replace a lot of things when it starts creating, uh, replacing creative fields. That's what I get Yo. even more nervous, but it's tr- I saw Google just released, they're releasing, they did like a test of it and they showed people Google assistant. So it's similar to, you know, like the, the Google homes and the Amazon Alexas. Sorry if I just turned yours on. Um, <laughs> it's similar to all of that stuff, except this one can like make appointments for you and they show you're like Google, you know, make an appointment for a hair sometime between like two and four o'clock. Google then calls the salon for you, like an automated phone number. And they're like, you know, someone answers like, hi, I'm looking to schedule an appointment for my client. And they even added the ums and the uhs to make it sound like a human being where they're like, you know, can we schedule it between two and four o'clock? And the person's like, uh, we don't got that. Is like uh, three o'clock okay? And the person, and then the Google assistant will respond like, um, can you do like three ah! thirty? And it's just like, 
I it scares the yeah. shit out of me. I think there needs to be a rule. I think that's cool. I can see how it might be cool to have your computer set appointments with people for you. But I think the rule has to be that the person on the other end of the phone needs to be told they're talking to a computer. I feel you. Because, yeah. like... That's... I can't even... Have you experienced the bank banking? I think it's it? Bank of America. I, I don't know. Maybe it's not there anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it's a virtual banker. So it's like you go to an ATM. It looks like an ATM. But on the screen, a person pops up. And it's like she's talking to you. I don't know. I didn't research it afterwards. I was just so freaked out. Um, I don't, I don't, yeah, no. <laughs> but I'm but like, I don't thing, know if you're a person or a computer. The younger generation is going to be like, no, this is a thing. I The day I'm going to be an old person yes. is when, because as a species, we're going to keep evolving or do whatever, is the first human to android robot artificial intelligence wedding that happens Whoa. because i mean hopefully i'm real old when that happens but i feel that's where we're heading we're getting to they're, yeah, they're already man. inventing I mean, sex sure robots and companion thing. in japan they have this little um i forget what it's called but these working men they have this um the lap pillow the virtual no that's creepy that's but creepy. they have the virtual wife because they're working so long they have like this little hologram thingy of like an anime character that's like their wife and they come home and they're like hey honey how you doing and blah blah and so they can have companionship while they're working so hard we're already like starting to blur those lines and also apparently i think this is in japan they have surrogate families you can hire yes yes it's <laughs> nuts so that's what's gonna happen is the day the first human robot wedding happens I don't I'm going to be you should look into that because I feel like it may have. Already I feel happened, like it may honestly. have already happened. I, OK, when the first law is passed or if it hasn't like, happened with the with artificial intelligence, I bet it's happened with a sex doll like. A, oh, I bet you. One of the that's true. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but that's going to have or but that's going to become mainstream. And I'm going to be like, this is wrong. Yeah. And a bunch of young kids are going to be like, listen All to this old it. bigot over Yo. here hating on you. It's like what, whatever happened to you know, artificial intelligence rights. Exactly. And I'm just going to be like, you guys weren't raised with the Terminator. You're all going to die. LGBTQAIAI. Oh, you need to patent <laughs> yeah. that right now. That's awesome. I, it, it may happen. Yeah. Fuck. I know. But that's when we're going to be old racists. Old, we're going right. to be old, bigoted Against racists. Where we're just going to be. You don't deserve any rights. I know. Oh, I know. God. But when that happens, younger generation, I will be the old, stupid person because we will get to a point where our technology is so advanced. They're already working on it. So you can, like, instead of dying, you can make a copy of your consciousness. What? And put it into like a computer and live on like in the fucking cloud. It's I no, know. I, I know. can't. No, I know. <laughs> it's gonna be bad. But again, is that this is more of a mind fuck thing? Is that horrifically wrong and a sin against nature, or is it the next level of human evolution? Right? That is the question. I That's so crazy. This is how this is. I I bring this up anytime where I'm just like, because I'm only 29, and I'm just like, no, we're old. They're like, you're not old. I'm like, in this generation, uh, in this world, the way technology and everything is 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 happening so fast. At 29 years old, I'm an old ass man right. who doesn't get how things work. Oh, 
my god. Because it's going to be so normalized for them. Yeah, it already is. We're the last generation that was born and raised without the internet. You're right. And then the internet showed up when we were like 12 years old. What is and this? it sucked. And yep. like, it was really cool, but it was slow. And then like, it got better where you could talk to your friends, but you had to sit at your computer and not move and then get in arguments with your brother and like your mom for yep. some reason and get yep. a ton of viruses. So it wasn't like yep. conducive. But we still went outside. But now, like my future children are going to be handed a screen when they're born. Yep. And like there's and no matter how much I try to like keep it away from him because everyone's like, oh, well, I limit my kids because I'm, I'm not sure about that. They're like, I limit my kids screen time because I want them to, you know, be normal human beings. And I'm kind of like, OK, but their generation normal will be screens all the it's, time. And will they be able to keep up? I don't know. Like, are you just going to be holding your child back, which is the fucking worst? Because like I want to send my kid to forestry school and Montessori school. Yeah. And like out there absolutely but i do understand that the importance of, of like them needing to be technologically advanced but mm -hmm. i know the world's changing and it's this is changing. and i think that we're yeah we're at that age where we're starting to feel old for the first time and but it is, starts to be like Ugh. is america way worse also i'm like if i peace out to europe or something like maybe my kids will have a better chance I don't know. It, it has. I've never considered leaving the U.S. in my entire life until recently. Yeah. Where all of a sudden I'm just like, you know Maybe what? I gotta go. I don't know, there's that like little part of me where I'm like, I visit Canada fairly regularly. It's real, real nice. Like, yep. <laughs> I, I feel you. And like, I was like, Ugh. It, it's so. So I don't know. But I think we're coming to a point in our world where globally borders are breaking down where it's not a big deal to go live in another country i mean when the eu founded their first thing was they're like you can travel and work within the eu and you don't need a passport you don't need anything just go live somewhere else which is like all my when brexit happened all my british friends were pissed because they were like i used to just be able to be fuck off Free. to austria for a yeah. little while and now, now <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy world's both wonderful and on fire at the oh same God. time more on fire lately i know it's really on fire <laughs> all right let's uh <laughs> to wrap up to wrap it up let's uh bring it back to something happy yeah um something i like to ask people is since you've broken through as a model and you are such a huge role model to so many people around the world what is a little You've touched upon it already a little bit, but a little word of advice you can give people that feel like they aren't enough. Mm, aren't enough in In life. any aspect. Any, whether I know for me is I felt not enough physically, but anyone who feels limited by whether it's their, uh, their, their looks, their size, their gender, their sexual orientation, their religious background, the color of their skin, a, B, C, D, X, Y, Z. Like, there, everyone has a bunch of reasons where, like, I could make it if it only wasn't for this. This is what's holding me back. It's kind of like, is there a way you can tell people that? Yeah. So that for me, get in the way? for me, I'm like, embrace it all. Mm -hmm. Everything about yourself, your flaws, the things you want to improve, the things you don't like, the things you love, embrace it all. And really focus on loving every single bit of yourself mm -hmm. and then slowly you start to realize or start to accept those things that you've seen as flaws and you realize that no this is part of who i am and anything that i'm pursuing or going after 
relationships, work, love, anything. Um, I believe that if it's meant to be, it will be. And whoever, whatever will accept me for everything that I have to offer, the good and the bad, and that's it. And just having faith, I guess, in that. Just faith in myself and my self-worth and believing that what's meant for me is for me. And that's it. And always being grateful, too. I find that Mm -hmm. when I'm in a space of gratitude and just like even just walking out the door and like looking up and seeing that it's a beautiful day and just giving thanks for even that, like good things really do come to you. And even just your mentality and your perspective, you become less judgmental of people and things and yourself and you just start focusing on the sweeter things. And I find that things start falling into place because of that sort of more positive headspace. And again, just accepting yourself and I find that when I accept myself even if I want to improve something physically that once I start claiming it and taking responsibility for it I want to improve it then I take action and I start Mm -hmm. improving it and doing the work to improve it so yeah love that yeah that you answered it all that's everything I hope I answered it. Yeah. 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 No, you definitely did. <laughs> okay. And it's always going to be a lot. Right. Lifestyle. You don't get one mantra and no. you're just like, and everything's solved. It's yeah. everything has reasons behind it. Mantras also work though. Mantras yes. do work. Yes. Every day getting better and better. Like I have it written on my mirror in there. <laughs> that was, uh, well, Laura has written on our, oh, we just moved, but on our old, uh, bathroom mirror, uh, she wrote, what is your fucking goal today? Yeah. Like, and every time we go in, we're like, I don't know. And yeah, then, <laughs> but the one day where always, like, you know what? You're like, yeah, you know what? What is my goal today? What do I want to get accomplished? Yes. So it I works out that. great. Uh, Marquita, thank you so much for being uh, with us today. Everyone, please follow Marquita on all the social medias at Marquita Pring, right? Yes. Okay, good. Yes. Sometimes it's not people's names. I know, right now you killed it, yeah. I was interviewing Barbie and she was just like, it's actually a Harry Potter joke. I'm like, okay, I don't know how to help that. <laughs> so please follow at Marquita Pring. You're amazing. Keep your eyes peeled. That Now, play that game, everybody. You're going to start seeing Marquita everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> so it's going to be great. Thank you so much, and we'll be hearing from you again soon. Yes, thank wink, wink. you. Nudge, nudge, shush, shush. Okay. <laughs>